0: This is The Guardian.
1: I'm Laura Murphy Oates, coming to you from Gadigal Land, and this is the full story.
2: The radical plan to change Australian vaping laws when in a world, world first, first reforms to be, to be introduced as the federal
1: government declares war on e cigarettes. Vapes are about to become a lot harder to get your hands on, with the Albanese government announcing the biggest smoking reforms in a decade, banning non-prescription vapes and hiking the tax on tobacco to prevent vapors becoming smokers. So, what will vaping look like in Australia going forward? And will this approach really end the rampant vaping black market? Today... The end of recreational vaping in Australia. It's Thursday, the 4th of May.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free
3: Our address today is by Mark Butler, the Minister for Health and Aged Care,
2: and it could not come at a better time. When Medicare was getting underway 40 years ago, the biggest public health challenge in Australia was undoubtedly tobacco. But unfortunately, the gains that we have made in tobacco could be undone by a new threat to public health.
1: So Mel, last time we spoke to you was at the end of March and the Drugs Regulator, the Therapeutic Goods Administration or the TGA, had wrapped up their inquiry into vaping. And in that inquiry, health bodies, health professionals and researchers overwhelmingly supported a crackdown on vaping and the government has now acted on that.
2: This has to end. This must end. We will not stand by and allow vaping to create another generation of nicotine addicts. Thank you very much. Is this what you expected?
3: We were expecting some pretty significant reforms on vaping ever since the review was first announced in November last year.
1: Melissa Davey is medical editor for Guardian Australia.
3: The Health Minister, Mark Butler, has made it very clear that something has to change and you can't just kind of tweak at the edges of vaping, you have to do something significant. So he's been talking very strongly about these reforms. So we were expecting. A significant package of measures. I suppose we weren't sure how far they would go. Mm. So there were things like, you know, would he ban non nicotine vapes as well as nicotine vapes? And what has ultimately been announced this week are the most significant tobacco and vaping reforms in a decade since plain packaging was introduced.
1: So, Mel, under these reforms, you'll only be able to get a vape with a prescription from the pharmacy. All corner store vapes will be banned. I'm wondering why that is, though, Mel, when the real concern is specifically around vapes that have nicotine in it being sold to kids.
3: Because at the moment it's illegal to sell nicotine-containing vapes in convenience stores. And to get around that, suppliers are just leaving nicotine off the label or they're labelling their products as non-nicotine. They actually contain heaps of nicotine in unknown quantities often, and convenience stores are buying these up. They know that these products contain nicotine in them and they're providing them to children anyway.
2: Vaping was sold to governments and to communities all around the world as a therapeutic product to help long-term smokers quit. It was not sold as a recreational product, and in particular, not one for our kids. But that is what it's become, the biggest loophole, I think, in Australian healthcare history.
3: So the argument was, why should we trust these retailers and convenience stores to continue to be responsible for these products?
2: And when more than a 1,000 teenagers aged 15 to 17 were asked where they could get vapes, four in five of them said local retail, in retail stores. How will this prescription vape system work, the only
1: legal way to get a vape now?
3: Yeah, so we're still waiting on a lot of the the specific details, but what we know is that it will be made much easier for a doctor to prescribe nicotine vaping products to people who want to quit.
2: We also all recognise though that there is still a therapeutic use for vapes in the right circumstances to help long-term smokers quit, or perhaps now also to assist in nicotine addiction that has been caused by vapes themselves.
3: So if you want to quit tobacco, at the moment, only certain doctors are licensed to provide a prescription for nicotine vaping products. That will change. Any doctor will now be able to prescribe nicotine vaping products. We also know that they're planning to introduce reforms to more tightly regulate what's in those products. So at the moment, often the ingredients lists aren't accurate and if you are importing nicotine vaping products You might not even know exactly what's in them. So they're examining ways to make sure the products you get from the pharmacy have known ingredients in them with nicotine at known quantities that they're accurately labeled. So that is the other change as well. At the moment, if you get a prescription for nicotine vaping products, you can import it yourself. That will end. You will only be able to access those products from a pharmacy. The other thing they're going to do is they're going to end single-use disposable vapes. And not only are they bad for you, they're very bad for the environment as well.
1: They've also announced a kind of plain packaging for vapes. What will that look like?
3: So it will look like very clinical packaging, just like other pharmaceutical products. So at the moment, if you want to quit smoking, you can um, access things like nicotine gum, for example, nicotine patches and It's very clearly labelled that it's for smoking cessation. The ingredients are very clearly labelled. It's not necessarily attractive packaging. It's just, you know, just like any other medicine. So this will be introduced for nicotine vaping products as well.
1: And that'll stop, I suppose, what the health minister has highlighted as vapes really being marketed to children with things like bubblegum flavour or looking like highlighters. He's been really concerned about that, right?
3: I remember when I first started reporting on E cigarettes and vaping more than a decade ago. And all of the tobacco control and public health experts back then were saying that the way these things have been marketed and packaged up and sold, it's only a matter of time before they proliferate through schools and that children are addicted to nicotine. And here we are all this time later, and exactly that has happened because we didn't listen strongly enough to the experts at the time who have dedicated their research and their lives to studying this stuff.
1: Mel, you said you were expecting fairly significant reforms. Is this package what public health experts wanted?
3: I was interested that he went further than the reforms that were recommended as the preferred option in the Therapeutic Goods Administration consultation. So the TGA highlights its preferred option based on the evidence. Mm. So the preferred option when it came to stopping nicotine vapes entering Australia and being so widely accessible was to allow retailers, convenience stores and others to have a special licence to be able to import nicotine vaping products. The other option on the table was not to allow that and to say only pharmacists can import nicotine vapes for providing to to people that need them, that have a prescription. And so they took that option, that harder option of saying pharmacists only.
1: Is Australia a global outlier here? Have we cracked down harder than, than most countries around the world?
3: We haven't necessarily cracked down harder on vaping. I think what we've done is show leadership in tackling tobacco and vaping together and thinking about a new way forward, first of all, allows people to still access the products to quit smoking, but also thinks about the public health harms. However, there are countries that have outright banned vaping. So there's China, for example, there's India, and youth vaping rates in those countries are very low. They don't even allow people to get it on a prescription. So when it comes to access to vapes, Australia is by no means a prohibitive Country like other countries that have actually outright banned the products full stop.
1: Next, will banning non prescription vapes just drive them further underground?
0: or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So Mel,
1: before the break, we talked about what these reforms will look like. I want to talk about some of the concerns around the reforms, really. With this renewed focus on vapes, a lot of users might be concerned that they could be arrested for vaping. And this concern has been shared by harm minimization groups and the Greens in the past as well. Is that valid?
3: So I think it's really important to evaluate any measures that come in that are new and to make sure that the intended groups, in this case protecting kids, that that is the goal and that's what the focus is and that there isn't unintended harm, such as people being fined or brought into the criminal system for possessing vapes. You know, it's not it's not what we want. And um, lots of the legislation around fines and that kind of thing will be sorted out through the states and territories, and the very strong messaging from government is...
2: Our focus is not on the people buying, our focus is on the people selling. Yeah, this, is, this has been a vendor-driven, corporate-driven phenomenon that we've seen.
3: They're not so interested in going after users who are possessing nicotine vaping products.
2: We're focused very much on importers and vendors, not on, not on the customer themselves. We wanna knock out the market, we're not blaming the customers. Um, we're not. We're not blaming them. An
1: important thing to point out here is that it's already illegal to possess a nicotine vape, and yet, and yet we haven't seen mass arrests of vape users in the past. Is the hope that that type of approach will continue?
3: That's right. What's changing really is the regulations around importation. That's where they're going harder, and so they've just decided that they need to tighten the the import controls at the border.
1: Mm. Another concern about these reforms, Mel, is that this is essentially a prohibitionist approach that will actually lead to a growth in illicit markets, you know, people going online ordering vapes to their house. What do you make of that argument?
3: So a couple of things there. I think what the tobacco and vaping industry has done extremely well is to push this idea that Australia is taking a prohibitionist approach, that vapes will be banned and we know from harm minimization discussions that criminalising drugs doesn't work, right? There is no argument, for example, that, you know, the, the, the way that we treat uh, marijuana at the moment in Australia doesn't work and there needs to be serious reforms there. However, the difference is no one is suggesting banning vapes. They're not prohibited. Just like any other product for smoking cessation, like nicotine gum, like the nicotine patches, you will still be able to get it. And in fact, they're working on making it easier for people to access the vaping products if they are a smoker needing to quit. But again, the concern among many experts and regulators is not so much the adults who have decided that they want to vape for whatever reason. The the aim of these reforms is children. And when you talk about children ingesting the equivalent of five packets Of cigarettes in just two mils of nicotine liquid and what that's doing to their developing brain and what that's doing to their system, that is a real concern. And we know that doctors are talking about this, um, nurses, teachers, parents are noticing issues with their children. And so again, that's what these reforms are targeted at. The issue here is, is children. And we know that something has to be done to try and prevent the harm that is already, it's already occurring.
1: Mel, as we know, quitting nicotine is really hard. Other than getting a prescription for a vape with a lower amount of nicotine in it, has the government considered other measures to help people with addiction?
3: So they are going to make access to prescriptions more easily, as you mentioned, and they are investing millions of dollars into an evidence-based education campaign for people who want to quit They're investing money into further tobacco control measures as well and that includes measures around vaping, um, education and research and evaluation. It's about making sure the right people are getting the product in a way that doesn't have unintended harm for the most vulnerable, which in this case is children, um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander populations are also seeing an uptick in, in vaping rates. So it's about introducing measures that really considers the broad wider scale of the issue and make sure it's not getting into the wrong hands.
1: We do have a system now, though, that means it will be easier to buy cigarettes than to buy vapes. Is there a concern that
2: this mass vaping population will move over onto cigarettes?
3: Well, they're actually targeting cigarettes as well.
2: Because we know that a higher priced cigarette is a more unattractive cigarette. Together, these changes will raise an additional 33 billion dollars over the coming four
3: years. Smoking is still something that 14% of people over the age of 14 do in Australia, about 10% of adults smoke in Australia. So what the government is doing is they're increasing the tax on tobacco by 5% a year over the next three years. And Cigarettes will be more expensive, which we know is a measure that works to get smoking rates down. And again, the target is children and children um, this generation are not as interested in smoking. It doesn't appeal to them and it's much harder for them to get cigarettes than it is vapes.
1: When will the end of recreational vaping happen? Well, when exactly is this all going to come into place?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. And at the moment, um, we don't have a timeline. I think... One of the key points is that this will take a lot of work with the states and territories, right? Because there are different laws in place in different states and territories and um, different attempts by different states and territories over the years to tackle vaping in their own way. And now we're looking at a more uniform approach. Um, There is a big chunk of funding in the federal budget that will be allocated to this, but the states and territories will have to front some of the costs as well. So The health minister has said previously that he wants significant reforms introduced before the end of the year.
1: Mel, I know that some vape users will welcome these reforms, those that really want to kick the habit, they really want to see kids kick the habit as well, but I can imagine some will feel that this impinges on their personal freedoms, their right to make choices about what they do as an adult. Do you think they'll see this as the right move eventually?
3: I mean, with any bold health reforms, it does take strong leadership and sometimes just doing what is hard and doing what is unpopular among some groups because the harms are so wicked that something has to be done. It's not like these reforms have been introduced with no evidence based or with no importer expertise. These reforms did go to public consultation and it's not the government that decided these were the best measures. It's not even the regulator, the Therapeutic Goods Administration. They received 4,000 submissions, many of them from doctors, researchers, tobacco control experts. And these are the measures that those people have said are needed to try and tackle youth vaping.
1: That was Melissa Davy, medical editor at Guardian Australia. You can read all her latest reporting on the vaping reforms at theguardian.com, and I do recommend checking out her Generation Vape series from last year, which looks at the health impacts on kids, which is really what started all of this concern from the health minister. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria, Miles Herbert, and Joe Koning, who also did the sound design and mixing. The executive producer of this episode is Hannah Parks. I'm Laura Murphy-Oates. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you tomorrow.
0: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership.